All right, welcome to Fascinating Nouns. I'm your host, Daniel J. Glenn, and you're at the place for interesting people, places, things, and ideas. And I am extremely excited to have sitting across from me the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Percy Pringle. You know him as Paul Bear, but what you don't know is that this man is actually, much like his character on television, is an actual licensed funeral director. Is that correct, sir? Absolutely. And I'm glad to be here. I think I, I'm more of an adjective than a noun. <laughs> and after you hear this interview, you probably call me some names. So I'll, I'll, I'll be an adjective. Welcome to Amazing Adjectives. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Um, so I, I detect an accent. Where are you from, New York? Mobile, Alabama. New York. Are you drunk? <laughs> Mobile, Alabama. You ever heard of the Crimson Tide? I have heard of the Crimson Nick Tide. Nick Saban. Uh, that kind of stuff. I've heard of Chris Saban. Yeah. Chris Saban, you are a wrestling fan, aren't you? <laughs> this man, in real life, is a funeral director, mortician, and very involved in the death services industry. Isn't that correct, sir? Oh, yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Would you expect anything any less? I, I did not. Yes, it, it's, it's always been funeral service and, and pro wrestling for me. And gosh, uh, some people find it hard to understand, you know, how, how, how it all happened, and it's quite a long story. It just uh, was meant to be. Uh, my paternal grandfather passed away, and I, I remember going to his, his funeral services, and, uh, and it was just something about the, 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 the atmosphere, the ambiance uh, of, the, of the funeral home. You know, it's hard to explain. Uh, something about it just, just grabbed me. And uh, kind of from then, from then, and it was about the same time that President Kennedy was assassinated. Hmm. And if you was a kid my age during that time, that was pretty uh, a pretty major, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what words to use, adjectives or nouns. <laughs> uh, but if you was a kid and, and you know alive when President Kennedy was assassinated, that sure was a, a major point in your life that you that you never forget. So between you know attending my grandfather's funeral and watching the the pomp and circumstance of the of, of uh, John F. Kennedy's funeral, I wanted to be a funeral director. And, and every time somebody would ask me, "What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, an undertaker?" and they'd, they'd look at me kind of funny and, "Boy, this kid's weird." <laughs> and then I discovered professional wrestling. Uh oh, oh yeah, that helped things. And, yeah. and I and I just bit the bit hook, line, and sinker on that. So then, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an undertaker and a wrestler. <laughs> right. <laughs> little, did, little did they know, you little. know, as the years go slowly by, I had my first professional wrestling match in 1974. 1974. Right after I graduated. I graduated from high school in 72, went right in the Air Force. So I was in the Air Force when I had my first pro wrestling match. I started out wrestling, believe it or not. Hmm. And then... Uh, and then I, I, during high school and, and while I was in the Air Force, I, I had a job on, on the, I went to, uh, became an emergency medical technician, worked on ambulances and stuff. And, mm. and that's how I weaseled my way into the funeral service, was uh, in the ambulance business. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, maybe I, that I destroyed the people I were working on just to take them <laughs> to the funeral home. <laughs> Please don't take it that way. Cut out the middleman, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, save a pickup charge. But, uh, 
it was just uh, it was just meant to be the the, the funeral service and, and pro wrestling it it was meant to be and and I've been very very blessed uh, to have be successful in in both professions uh, I have a degree in mortuary science and I'm, I'm a licensed funeral director and bomber and I maintain those licenses to this very day as well as you know still working in professional wrestling uh, well, the amazing part is that both of those industries will combine in a very magical way, and we'll talk about yeah, that later yes. on, but that, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing story. Um, let's talk about 1979, your first son was born, um, and that, that drastically affected the, the, next, you know, the next phase of your life, so talk a little bit right, about that. Right, I was already uh, in, you know, climbing the ladder in, in, in pro wrestling. <clears throat> and just like any other entertainment profession, you know, no, ma no matter what it is, whether you do stand up or musician or, or whatever you might do, there is that prover proverbial ladder that you have to climb, you know, to work your way to the top. So I was in the middle of working my way to the top and me and my wife had got married in uh, 19, uh, oh Lord, 77, I think. And then... Uh, I had an offer to go to Japan uh, in 79, and back in the 70s, managers just didn't go to Japan. It was just a, give, a given. Uh, the Japanese wrestling companies over there, they never took managers, they just took the wrestlers. But uh, uh, I was lucky, and the guy that was booking the wrestlers that I was managing asked if I wanted to come along, and gosh, yes, because I knew, I, heck, I'd never have a chance to go to Japan if it wasn't for this. So, uh, and there were long tours too, six weeks. And you didn't travel with the Air Force? So, uh, I uh, was already out of the Air Force at that time. Oh. I was in the Air Force from 72 to 76. Uh, so, I was already out of the Air Force and, uh, and, and married, me and my wife got married and she got pregnant with my first son. And it just so happened during the, the time that I was in Japan, uh, her due date was happened to be the date that I was coming back from Japan huh. and she knew my love for for pro wrestling she knew that that uh, she had three that I had three wives uh, wrestling funeral service and her and uh, thank God for that because there's a lot of uh, people in, in both professions that have a lot of problems uh, at home because their wives just don't understand the businesses and everything and I was just blessed to have her too uh, just on, as a side note, she has since passed away. Oh, sorry uh, to hear that. We were married 30 years, and uh, she got breast cancer and passed away on, on January 31st, 2009. Wow. So she's been gone four years now, but we were married 30 years. Congratulations. So, so long story wow. short, uh, she practically demanded that I go because she knew, you know, my love for the business and, and, uh, and everybody joked about it, especially on her side of the family, her, her, her parents, that she just kept her legs crossed, you know, until I got back from Japan. <laughs> because the day, I, the very day I got back from Japan, that morning, uh, in the afternoon of the same day, she went into labor with my oldest son, who is now 30, oh gosh, I'm old. He's 34, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He's cl pretty close to it. I think he's 34 now. So, but but so when he was born, you had to make a very serious life decision at that point, right? Yeah, uh, you know, I knew that I had a family to raise. I had been going to college 
on and off throughout that time because uh, uh, I, I, I knew that I, I wanted to go into funeral service and I, and I knew what what subjects that I had to take and so I would I would go to, to night, night school and uh, some day classes too huh. getting the basic courses that I needed and then uh, uh, leaving the mortuary science course because not every college specializes in bombing huh. or, or restorative art or, or, or you know uh, things that you need for for the mortuary service. So I took all the basic courses you know uh, I needed to take chemistry and this that and the other. But uh, when when my oldest son was born. Uh, uh, after a lot of prayer and discussion with my wife, I decided that I better go back and finish my college and get my degree and get my license as a mortuary service. And then if I want to go back into wrestling at that point, I could do so. Hmm. So that's what happened. Uh, hmm. I went to school. We moved to Texas, to San Antonio, Texas. And uh, they had, have an excellent mortuary science uh, college there. Uh, in San Antonio, and that's where I went for three years and got my degree in mortuary science and my licenses, and then we started moving back towards Alabama, you know, our roots. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me let me stop you for a second. What? Um, let's go back to to the education, because I, I don't, me included, I don't know most people know what it takes to to um, to get a, a degree in mortuary science. So, what kind of classes do you take? What do you learn? What What's the hands-on like? Uh, with the, uh, uh, you know, biology and chemistry. Uh, a lot is, of chemistry, I imagine. It's, it's basically the same courses that a RN would take, uh, except for the the specialized mortuary courses, which I'm talking about embalming, uh, restorative art. You know, when when a person gets in a car wreck or something to to rebuild their faces or, or whatever, where the family can to view the body. Uh, and it's pretty, uh, you know, people wouldn't think uh, what's actually in, in involved in, in being a, mor a mortician. Plus uh, psychology, uh, there's some special psychology courses that I had to take, uh, like psychology of grief yeah. and, and things like that that you normally wouldn't have to take. But it all uh, plays a part in you being, you know, a funeral director and a bomber. Now, what about business classes? Because I, I know most of them are, um, you know, family-owned, or you know, you're popping into a corporate-owned structure. Right. Uh, absolutely. I had to take. A, I hated accounting. God, I hated <laughs> it. I think I flunked it three times. Three times. Yeah. Before I finally decided, I guess I don't pass it. I'm not, you know, I, I've got to pass it this time. <laughs> uh, but I hated accounting. But accounting and, and business law and, and and things like that. You know, business courses, basic business courses. Was there like a paying, <coughs> you know, like uh, where you have to kind of pay your dues? I mean, where you, did you work yes, starting to kind yes. of work the ladder? What was that kind of like? Almost every state requires you to serve an apprenticeship. Okay. Under a uh, a license, you know, in a licensed funeral home under a licensed funeral director that supervised you. I mean, you just didn't jump out of school right into into the business. Uh, so I I, I, I I chose to work at night and go to school during the day. And I was able to serve my apprenticeship at the same time, which, which was pretty good. Some states don't allow that. Some, some states you have to take your, uh, serve your apprenticeship after you go to school. Mm -hmm. But I was able to serve my apprenticeship while I was in school, which worked out just great. 
So my two-year apprenticeship ended about the time that I finished my 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 schooling and graduating. And oh wow! And then you take the state exams that they give, like nurses and other professionals. They have a state. Uh, every state has a uh, a funeral director's board. You know, uh, that oversees those that practice in that field, which is. Uh, you know, very, very necessary, you know, to make sure that the people working in the field are doing what they're supposed to do. Right. I've heard some stories about people who uh, do some pretty shady things in the business. I was reading a book called Curtains, um, and it talked about this guy. It's uh, Tom Jokinen wrote the book. And it's a, you know, it's very, he, he worked as an apprentice. And so it was kind of like his journey for like three or four years. Mm -hmm. And he told a story about he went to pick up a body, and the security guard who was there asked him if he pulls out the gold teeth, which I assume. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Did you ever, you ever pull out any gold teeth? No. Or stash of Never diamond? even thought about it. <laughs> now, you damn well better get caught doing something like that either, because to jail you go. Is that right? right away? Oh, my God. I mean, that's grand theft, you know, plus yeah. other charges uh, of uh, mishandling a body, you know. It's, yeah. uh, it's a very, very, uh, you know, uh, what, what, I don't know if I'm looking for a noun or an adjective, <laughs> but uh, they they keep track of what you do. You know, the the, the state board of morticians of whatever state you work in, they pop in now and then to do yeah. surprise inspections and and this and that and the other. And uh, do you ever see anyone do any kind of shady things to cut corners? No, no, uh, nothing. No, good. I never did. I was always on the up and up. Really blessed to to work in. Uh, you know big establishments, family-owned establishments Yeah. that uh, always, because uh, that's one thing I believe in, you know, I, I when I handled a family or, or a deceased, I wanted to take care of them just as it was my, one of my family. Right. Oh, you, that's, you know. It's a good way to have it, yeah. Um, so when you got your first paying job, who was it with? What was, uh, what did you do? Like, what were the low-level jobs there? Pickups, I assume? And Yes, my sweeping and mopping the floors and cleaning up the chapel after the funeral because there's flower petals oh. left all over the place and mm -hmm. and Kleenexes and, and Kleenexes and Kleenexes. <laughs> yeah. But you basically, you know, done the, uh, you start out at the bottom doing the, the menial task and you work your way up until you finally, you know, you get to, get to work in the, in, the, in the embalming room. You know where you really start learning that part of the the trade, and then the, the hands-on stuff. Yeah, the hands-on stuff and the actual the funeral director, uh, you know, part of it too. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have your own place, or did you only work for others, or did you? I I, I did through the years have my own place uh, for four years up until from uh, from 2005 to 2009, uh, my, when my wife passed away in 2009. And I started having a hard time after my wife passed away, uh, where I was just taking it home with me every day, or I'd be sitting in, off in the office making arrangements, you know, with a, with a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't help but to think about my wife because right. I'd be serving a, a man that just lost his wife too. You right, know? right. And it was pretty difficult and uh, to keep my sanity. And it just so happened at the same time. Uh, wrestling came knocking at the door and wanted to know if I wanted to do this. this yeah. <laughs> Let my, me get out of here. <laughs> I, I, I asked myself, I said, what would my, my wife's name was Diane. And I said, what would Diane want me to do? And, and I, knew, I knew the answer right away. She, she would want me to go back into wrestling. 
which uh, I did, and I've been back in wrestling since uh, 2009. No kidding. Um, so uh, one of the things when I was growing up, I, I grew up in a smaller town, about 6,000 people in, in Illinois, about central Illinois. And one of the things Where? that was, um, was south of Juliet on the 55. Because so, my, my mother's family is from Illinois, from oh, okay. the Bloomington area. And okay, a little north of that, but yeah, yeah I know where that is. Um, U of I is there, right? I think, I think that's mm -hmm. the one that's there. Um, but the richest person in town was the, the Patter, they were the Pattersons, and they had, they had, they had the funeral parlor. They had mm -hmm. three in town. It was, a, you know, it was a generational business. The great-grandparents had started it, and they had that funeral home. They had two other ones. Did they live at the funeral home? They did, yeah. Yes, that was, that was yeah. that's what it used to be. They, they would have apartments, you know, upstairs where, you know, because you, you don't call 24-7 usually because right. death never does it one on a clock. Right. Doesn't take holidays. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. So, back in back in the old days, uh, they would appear that they had a lot of money, and, and maybe, and there's a lot of cases where they really didn't, but that's the appearance that you have to, to you have to dress nice in a nice suit, and, and mm -hmm. of course drive the nice cars, uh, the Cadillac hearses, and the funeral home has to look nice. I mean, you don't want to take your mother to a dump. Right. <laughs> you know, or, or put them in an old beat-up old hearse, you know. So you have to meet certain standards. And keep up so, appearances. So whether they they really had money or they didn't, usually the small-town funeral directors, especially if they had a monopoly on, on, on it, you know, mm. if they were the only ones in town, uh, they usually done very well, and they still do today. But there's a lot of corporate uh, funeral homes now that have come in and bought out all the small ones. Similar to wrestling. Like Vince McMahon come right. in and took over all the small wrestling companies. Yeah. But there's a couple of uh, big corporations that that done the same thing with professional wrestling that would go in and t took over the smaller companies. Yeah. Well, they're um, they're very similar businesses in a way. Because what 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 else I was going to ask you is um, it's kind of interesting how they kind of the two parallel lives you've chosen. Because in the funeral business, there's a lingo, and just like in the wrestling business, there's you know lingo and words and things that you know. Um, so what, uh, what, what are some of the terms that you guys would use in the, in the industry? I mean, I know that there's, you know, like you wouldn't say, I'm going to pick up a body. It'd be like, a, you know, picking mm -hmm. up, there's service, you know, there's, you know, very cleaned up words for everything. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, if we were going, we were going to, well, when the call came in to, to pick up a, a, a remains, you know, whether it be at the hospital or their home or, or whatever, we call that the first call. Okay. And uh, which, that's the first contact that we have with the family. So it's called the first call. Like the, the secretary would say, we have a first call, which means, you know, we have a, uh, a remains to pick up. But. Uh, you ever grab the wrong body? No, gosh, no. Lawsuit city there. Right. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if it's getting cremated, right? It's, uh, it's something that you learn early on where you check and check and double check and triple check. That's, that's the right body. Well, some hospitals, I mean, I know people have been in hospitals, and even the tags that they have have the wrong name, wrong information. So I imagine you could it, make a mistake that isn't even your it, fault. It, it certainly happened. Uh, thank God I never was involved in any of that. Wow. <coughs> but uh, it, it, it used to happen now and then back in the day. Today, you never hear of it anymore. It's, it's, they're so uh, careful about all that. Because you know they have more than one tag on them, you know. Right. Sometimes on each each arm and, and each ankle. Yeah. 
in case one falls off or gets pulled off or something. You want to make sure that you get the right uh, person. Because the worst thing in the world would be for a family to walk into a funeral home to see grandma and that's not grandma. <laughs> that's some well, and that happened. That's happened before, Timmy. No kidding. Where it was, it was the right person. Believe it. It was the right grandmother. Uh huh. But the the grief and this and that and the other when they first saw her, one of the family members screamed out, "That's not grandma!" And I like, I just went, <gasps> "Oh, oh man. no!" I could just see my life passing before my eyes. I was, that's that's in my, my 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 service and funeral service. Oh man! But thank goodness that was uh, the real grandma. Well, that's that's a relief. Yeah. Um. So. You know, it takes a it takes a very specific person to be into funeral service. Were you into horror movies or gothic, nope. or were you? I mean, because mm -hmm. do you have to have a? I couldn't I couldn't live in a house where there were dead bodies in the basement, and I'm not a squeamish individual. But you, you, how do you get used to that? Time. Yeah. I mean, I can remember my staying because when you first start in the business, you, you usually they, you work at night. They call you the night man. Oh. And uh, you stay in the funeral home at night and, and answer the telephones and, and, and pick up bodies at night, you know, and this and that and the other. And uh, you get used to it. I mean, I can remember my first few months in the business. I was scared to death. Every, <laughs> I every, every, so. every, every little noise or everything, you know, you just, oh, boy, is that. Yeah. But as, as time go by, goes by, uh, I got to a point I never would even turn a light on. Really? Yeah, I'd, I'd walk right through the embalming room or something, or oh, through man. the parlor where the body's laid out at, you know, and and uh, not never think anything about it. Oh, I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't, I don't know if yeah. I could. did. Um, uh, so did, now you had where you were in Mobile, Alabama. I assume that the it's pretty uniform with the religion. I mentioned that most people have the same, at least the basic same religion. Have you ever done like a Jewish? Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh really? Yes. In 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 mortuary school, you you have a course where you study all religions, their uh, funeral customs for mm. all the religions, because you serve all the religions, whether it be you know Jewish or, or Pentecostal or Catholic or, or or Episcopalian or or whatever. You have to learn all the different customs for each religion, because you serve them all. And we we would serve Vietnamese. You know, B Buddhists and uh, wow. they uh, have some pretty unusual tradition things that they do. I imagine and, so. And you just have to learn. Were there any? What was the weirdest request you ever got? Uh, that was after I'd, you know, been recognized as Paul Bearer and went back <laughs> to funeral service. Oh boy. And, <laughs> uh, I, I I'd be in the office making arrangements, you know, sitting at the desk and. And I could tell right away when they recognized who I was because they'd start whispering and pointing and all this <laughs> and that. But I've had families come up to me and ask me, would you go stand by Grandpa's casket let me take a picture of y'all? Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, yes. Really? Did I ever do it? No. <laughs> and I tried to nicely explain to them that I, I never mix my two professions uh, that I'd be more than happy to take a picture with them, not Grandpa in his casket, <laughs> uh, at a later time, you know, like right. after the funeral at the cemetery, stop back by the funeral home, and I'd be more than glad to take a picture or sign autograph picture or whatever you like, you know, answer your questions or whatever. But uh, I, n I never mix my, my wrestling and 
funeral business together. Oh my God. So did people ever come to you specifically because you are who you are? Yeah, uh, I, I would say, you know, that, that they did. Because uh, the, the word spurts us, because I mean, we're from the South. You know, country music, NASCAR, and wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that's With an the, R. <laughs> that, yeah, wrestling. That's what I said, wrestling. Yeah. And uh, that's the... Uh, that's the, that's the thing, you know, uh, in the part of the South that I that I live in, and uh, you know, the, they would love to be able to tell their families that, oh yeah, Paul Bear's taking care of Aunt Doris or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So cool. <laughs> so no one actually put it's, on the makeup and the urn or the. Whole oh yes. <laughs> yes. They, do the, do they, the voice and the oh, whole deal. Oh yeah, 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 all the time. Do that voice. What voice? You know that voice. What voice? <laughs> And by the time I'm through with them, I have them doing it instead of me. <laughs> They're showing me how to do it. I said, oh, okay. I think I remember something about that. So you didn't, you didn't carry an urn with you wherever you went? No. It wasn't, no, okay. I didn't know how much of that like was based on real life. I like go to Walmart or something, you know. <laughs> what are you doing here? What are you doing in here? <laughs> I got to buy groceries and clothes just like you do and dog food. That's what you're here for. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, I put my pants on just like you, one, one leg at a time. Um, so when you had all the bodies in the basement and you were walking through, did anything weird ever happen? Um, did anyone have, you know, rigor mortis I know can be kind of uh, a scary thing. Anyone ever sit up or was, did you ever get anyone who wasn't dead who, you, know, oh, you hear gosh. stories about that no, where people, no, you know. No, 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 Never, never seen, oh, of course I heard the stories and rumors too. Yeah. Especially back in, back in the old days, uh, but, uh. No, I, I never seen it. No, never, nothing like that ever happened to you? Never seen it, never happened to me. I probably had a heart attack and ran away and never come back. Or probably died right there, <laughs> right. right there on the spot. Well, you got a discount, I'm sure. That's good. <laughs> uh, how about the show Six Feet Under? I know you probably get that a lot. Was it accurate? Oh, I loved it. Was it accurate? Yes, was it I, I have all the seasons on DVD. No kidding. I love this show, too. I didn't know yeah, how accurate I thoroughly enjoyed it and, and very accurate, more, more than you would know. I believe that. Yeah, because it was a family. They had a family funeral home, and they lived upstairs, and just like we've already talked about. Yeah. You know. Well, and it was a huge house, and it was, I, mean, I just couldn't imagine, you know, because the mom and the sister worked completely separate from the business, but the brother, you know, the two brothers were involved, mm -hmm. and, and the dad for the first episode. But, um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. It'd be such a strange way to live. Especially if you're a child, because you yeah, didn't choose it, you, you grew just, up in it. You grew up in it. I mean, just yeah. like my, my, my two sons, I mean, they were around it all the time. I mean, it, if we were having a funeral or anything, they loved to run around the, the funeral home and chap, I'll go get on their organ and chap them. <laughs> and, and, you know, whatever, whatever. They were just kids, and uh, I didn't discourage any of it. Uh, neither one of them ever went to the funeral service, but my youngest son, did go into pro wrestling. Oh, was that My right? youngest son uh, wrestles on the, the independent circuits uh, down in the southeast. But uh, do you help him with that? Did you get him in? Does he does he know the people through? I imagine through you. No, he. I don't help him one iota. <laughs> How does he feel about that? He don't like it. <laughs> You're Paul Bear, he man. He don't he like it, but he knows. his home phone number. He knows when the, if the time ever comes that I feel like that he's ready to. Go, climb, move up the ladder a little bit, yeah. I'll help him. But until that time, it's not going to happen. Good for you. I've, seen, I've seen too many fathers and stuff that gave their sons everything and they ended up with nothing or dead. Yeah. There's a lot of tragedy in the 
in the uh, in the wrestling business. Did anyone ever? Not to not that I would suggesting you profited from this, but did anyone in the wrestling business? I mean, there's been a lot of untimely deaths. Did anyone come to you specifically? No, no, no. nobody. No, I I never. Because most of my friends and stuff anyway, I, I'm glad because I, I didn't have to be involved and they lived in other parts of the country. Now I guess that's true. So I never had to do that. See, that always seemed like the toughest part is in the small towns, like this, the family that I grew up with, everyone that's going, I mean, sure, you have a monopoly, but you know everybody. Everybody knows each other, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's, I mean, we had some people when I was in high school committed suicide and, you know, they went through, you know, the Patterson funeral home and... I could not even imagine what that was like. I mean, did that ever happened. I mean, I don't know how big the the area you were in, but I imagine you knew people came through. Oh yeah, yeah. You would serve the same families all the time. Wow. Because I mean, that pretty much was tradition. I mean, people would go back to the same funeral home that handled, you know, other members of the family. So you got to know the families, and uh, especially if you treated them right, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, let's talk about the technology, because um, I was reading in this chapter in this book about, you know, they have a convention. It's the uh, International Crematorium, Cemetery, and Funeral Directors Association or something like that. Have you ever gone to one of those? Yes, I have. What's, uh, what goes on there? What are the, what are the new and improved technologies uh, these days? It's just a, uh, a trade show just like any other business has that, where they display the latest uh, technology, you know, equipment. And they have seminars on different subjects. And uh, uh, like, I I was, like I was talking earlier, uh, all, all the different states have uh, uh, state funeral directors associations, and, and each one of them has ha has their own convention every year. Uh, then there's the big one, which is the National Funeral Directors Association, and then then the cremation uh, group that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just where they have seminars to bring you up to date on the latest technology and, and the latest ideas and equipment and just that and the other. And what, what are some of those things? Because um, most people don't know what, you know, I know that there's various chemicals that keep, you know, yeah. skin looking a certain way or that do certain things or, you know, restorative putty and things like that. So I'm just curious, what are the, like the newest technologies? What are we working with today? That's right. That's pretty difficult to answer if you're not in the business. Uh, <laughs> basically, the, the basics is, is is the same. You know, um, they uh, a few years back they they discovered that formaldehyde uh, caused cancer, mm -hmm. and uh, so they most of the embalming fluid had, had a high concentration of formaldehyde in it, and because of the the cancer causing properties that they discovered. Uh, They've come out with different chemicals that, that doesn't have you know all, all that formaldehyde in it uh, for the safety of, of the embalmer, of, of, you know the funeral service operator. But uh, it's a it's an interesting field that you know it took me years to learn, so it's hard to take a few minutes to explain. <laughs> you can't get <laughs> encapsulated in a thirty second yeah, soundbite. Exactly. <laughs> Um, what's the what's the worst part of the job? Uh, like, I mean, I imagine that there's awful smells. I imagine there's you know, what's the what's worst the worst part of the job is is dealing with children. Oh my God, babies. Yeah, uh, especially if you're a, a, a parent yourself. Yeah, it's uh, it's a horrible horrible thing to have to uh, to serve a, serve a young family that's lost a child. You know, whether it be in a, in a car accident or drowning or 
or, or whatever. Uh, the children and it was always very, very difficult for me and for almost all the morticians that, that I've known through the years. Everybody has a problem, you know, handling the funeral services for kids. Yeah. And uh, but it has to be done. Somebody has to do it. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's part of the, part of the business. Yeah. Um, what about the smells? How did you alleviate some? Imagine when you're draining it and it's all going out. Do you guys have it's any uh, kind of techniques to? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's a deal. <laughs> I, I want to say you, you kind of get used to it. Uh, I got into, I, I just learned a way to, to kind of hold my breath at certain times, you know. So the so w I was reading something about when you're obviously when you're dealing with a dead body, there are lots of precautions you have to take because you can catch diseases and everything from that. What are some of the precautions that you have to take? And of course, I mean just just like you see in the hospitals. I mean uh, the. the Latex gloves and, and mask and head coverings and shoe coverings and gowns and uh, just the basic protective gear a nurse or a doctor would wear in the hospital when they're when they're uh, you know ha have a, a patient that, that has a contagious disease. Where does all this stuff go when you drain everything out? What do you guys do with that? It goes uh, into the city sewer. Oh, you just dump it in the sewer. Well, it, well, it's a little bit more different, you know. I, it's a little bit more. Uh, I'm looking for an adjective or complex. <laughs> it's a little bit more difficult than just dumping it in the sewer. Okay. But uh, it does end up eventually in 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 the sewer, but it's mixed with chemicals that kills any kind of uh, you know germs or pathogens or bloodborne yes. pathogens Exa or whatever. Exactly. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm working on my degree in the I see, I see that. You make a very good one. Well, th thank you. Um, so just because most people won't know, including, this is actually a selfish question, what's the, what's the, can you just walk me through like a typical process from, you know, from the first call mm. to the, to the chapel? How does that, what is the, what does it look like? Oh, I imagine it's over a short period, three days, two days, right? Well, it just depends. I mean, uh. Some fam some families have to wait on other members of the family to come from across the country. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be it could be a, a week, but from the time of death till you had till you have your funeral, some families want to do it quick. It might be a couple of days, <clears throat> but gosh, to go through every step of the, of that whole process. Well, just hit the big hit the big points. I don't know. I guess you know you could always refuse to answer, and I will accept that as a. Uh, it's it's pretty complex, you know. So. Uh, so when you have the f when 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 you're doing the funeral, I remember I, I learned in class. I think it was in a psychology class. We went over death and how, because one of the things my the teacher told me was that you should never you should always go to someone else's funeral first before you see any of your own loved ones in a funeral. So you understand what it looks like, what you're going to see, and kind of be prepared for it. And I, a woman, a, a girl was killed my sophomore year by a drunk driver, and I went to her funeral, and I was blown away because he was saying that you know you use yeah. rose-colored lights, and there's a whole thing that goes into the presentation, just the presentation. Um, I mean, do you think that's good advice? Does it uh, seem like something that you would suggest? What to to, to go to, to someone else's before you? Yeah. I, I guess uh, I, I I went to a few funerals before I got in the funeral business, you know, and, and I met people uh, in school, in mortuaries, in college, 
that wanted to become funeral directors and bombers that had never been to a funeral in their life. No, that's is that right? And or never been inside of an embalming room before. And I just couldn't believe it. I said, "You've never seen an embalming? No." How did they get into it then? What was they it? didn't last long. <laughs> Most of them dropped out, you know, the first semester. Yeah. Because it's something that you, you know, it, um, that you're being, that you're cut out for. Is it was there a high dropout rate? Uh, not really, but you, but you had a, a few. Yeah. And it was, when I first broke into it, 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 it was more male, uh, more males in funeral service than than it is now. A lot of you never saw a female. It was very very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but along the, the 1980, uh, they, uh, you start seeing the females start coming in. And there are a lot of females, funeral directors and, and, and bombers too. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you would never, def- you would see funeral directors, female funeral directors, but hardly never, ever, ever a female bomber. What about uh, so? What about makeup and hair? I assume that that's that's traditionally. You, you learn all that in college. That's some of the specialized courses that you have to take: the makeup, doing the hair. Huh. Uh, but it's always best if if you can arrange it to have the deceased personal uh, beautician or whatever to to come in and do it because they they know how they wore it and yeah and. Uh, do people do that? I imagine oh that yes. must. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah? Oh, oh definitely. Especially, you know, those that have been in the business a long, long time. So let's get to the uh, the clean aspect of, of the industry, crematoriums. Um, I was reading in this book that um, at one of the trade shows, someone was talking about how the baby boomers are more interested in uh, cremations and that a lot of the funeral homes are losing money. Is that true? Well, sir, cremation is certainly uh, less expensive than the full-fledged you know, funeral, which these days probably runs in the neighborhood of seven, eight thousand dollars. Holy cow! For the full funeral and a cremation in the area, maybe two grand. And it just depends what part of the country you're in. Of course, California is, has many more cremations than they do the traditional funeral. And you can have your traditional funeral ser- service and cremation as well. You can have the uh, traditional visitation, you know, where the body's present, the wake, you know, the people come to visit. And you can have the service with the body present, and then after the service is over, they take the body to the crematory and cremate the body and return the ashes back to the family. So you can have your traditional service in, with, with cremation. But like I said, it just depends what part of the country you're in. Uh, uh, the Deep South, the Bible Belt, cremation, it has ro- rose, rose risen. I don't know what the proper word is. That's all right. <laughs> the uh, ha- has uh, increased. There you history. go. Here, nice one. There you go. And uh, and we'll go up in time, but uh, California has, has always been uh, a cremation state. So now, this, how does that relate to green burials? I know that there was, um, you know, there's a, a jump in those. That might be a California thing as well. You know, is that just where people just get put into the ground? Yeah. Just, uh, just as they, you are. I've never seen one done in in, in uh, the deep south and out in you know my part of the country in Alabama. I've never seen one. Uh, they just there's no embalming, there's, so there's no chemicals involved or anything. Uh, the body's wrapped in uh, uh, d- different kind of you know linens and whatever, and they dig a hole. There's no casket. There's no vault. You know that that go a concrete vault that goes in the ground. That there's no vault, there's no casket. It's uh, basically quote green unquote. Mm-hmm. You know everything's uh, 
goes back to dust, which it does anyway over a period of time. But uh, it just does the, the family, it's, it's good for their mindset, uh, knowing that their loved one is in, is in a, uh, you know, a metal casket inside of a concrete vault and, and uh, will be protected for, for no telling how numbered uh, a years. Uh, I've seen bodies that's been, been buried for 50 years where sometimes you have a disinterment where the body has to be yeah, I was going to ask if that's ever had to dig yeah. up and moved, uh -huh. moved or blah 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 uh, uh, I, I've seen one fit down 50 something years holy cow where uh, the body could be cleaned up just a li little bit minor, minor stuff you know maybe change the tie or, or shirt or something and new makeup and they can have a visitation and the body's been dead over 50 years. So the body looks better than the clothes. It, it just uh, <laughs> depends on, on the uh, on the embalmer. Wow. And, and, the, and other things too, the cause of death, uh, you know, the body and and then and what kind of casket the body was in, whether it was a sealed casket or unsealed and a lot of, a lot of variables there. But huh. the, the green barrel will, will, you know, increase in time, yeah. just like cremation. Uh, I do want to ask you about caskets, but I want to mention that we are on set of a, re a live wrestling program. So that music you hear is not by choice. That it's is not a funeral. That's not a funeral. Nothing's happening Although right now. Although it should be. It could be, but we are we're in the thick of it right we're, here. We're in another studio, and, and that shows you how loud it is because these studios have a lot of a lot of soundproof padding and everything. That is true. And uh, they're. They're getting ready to, uh, to knock it out here in about five minutes. It's just going to get louder. Oh. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. You hear the announcer going? I do. So that's what you're hearing, folks. That's what We're that's talking what funeral business, and in the background, we got wrestling going <laughs> on. That's been my life. That's been your life. How appropriate. Death is my life. <laughs> uh, I, so uh, so with, with caskets, is there a big markup? I know that that's always notorious. Uh, maybe you can't divulge secrets, but is there a... Uh, is there a big markup on those? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I mean, basically that's where the funeral makes, makes their, their money. On the caskets? Is, is on the casket, on the merchandise. So do you push, you don't, I think you don't push for cremations then. You would probably push well, for uh, it, it, I push the accoutrement. Whatever, whatever the family wants. You know, after you, have a, after you sit and talk with them for a little while and, and see what they want, you know, you just help them in the direction they want to go. Mm -hmm. I would never push anything on anybody, but that does that doesn't say that there aren't funeral directors out there that do that. Right. Uh, the larger corporate firms, uh, th they pay uh, you know percentage to the funeral director. Oh, commission, uh, like a commission, a commission oh. like a car salesman. Yeah. On, on what they sell, but I have never been one that's been into that. I've never worked for a company that's done that. And uh, I don't care too much for for that kind of operation. Have you have you worked for the major big corporate? Mm -hmm. corporate you have. Mm -hmm. um, now, what about uh, someone showed me? An, um, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it myself. But on on Costco on their website, you can actually buy caskets. At Walmart too. Walmart, is that right? Walmart too. <laughs> of course, How they don't it? they don't have them on display in right. the store. Right. But uh, you can go online and order them online, and they'll deliver them to your local funeral home. No kidding. And uh, by law, the funeral home, they can't turn them down. Right. They have to use the casket that the family you know, desires. Wow. You can make your own casket. I have served some families in the past where you know they've been in wooden woodworking or whatever, and, and they make their own casket. No kidding. And uh, you use what the family wants. 
Um, wow, I did not know that. What about renting? I've heard you can rent caskets as well if you want to just you know yeah, put like a pine box. That's, that's mainly for uh, for cremation. Oh, is, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, where I talked earlier about the body being present at the service and all that, instead of you know spending a lot of money in, in putting it in, in a furnace and burning it up. Yeah. Uh, you can quote rent unquote the casket. Uh, there's actually it's actually a casket within a casket. Mm. Uh, the outside is is, is uh, nice and fancy and whatever, where there's steel or hardwood, wherever you pick. But there's a container inside, and it's usually real heavy-duty cardboard uh, that the body is inside, and it's just disguised inside the uh, the the rental casket, which makes a lot of sense. You know, you don't want to you don't want to spend five six thousand dollars on a casket and, and put it in the fire and burn it <laughs> up. Right. You, you know, so you can use something a little less expensive and we call them rental caskets um so let's uh let's tie this all together your when you were your first um what they call a gimmick in the industry was a mortician the embalmer so this has been going on since the beginning i mean this this combination of the two worlds correct yep way before you um got the call from vince mcmahon right right so how did that uh, how did that come about? I mean, when you met Vince, like how did that uh, how I did you combine the two worlds? I was in the wrestling business 15 years. I, I had a career in the wrestling business 15 years before I ever uh, uh, was called by, by WWF, by the then WWF, now WWE, and uh, it was really one of those had to be there type of moments because uh, Vince McMahon didn't realized that I was a legit mortician and I didn't realize at the time that they were looking for a manager for The Undertaker. Ah. So when I went to the offices, uh, the WWE offices in Stanford, Connecticut for my... Uh, you hear that? I do hear that. Pushing tickets. Pre-show tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I lost my train of thought with that, with that talking. You were, <laughs> you were, you were, Titans, it was Titans sports. Yeah, he, did, and, he uh, didn't know, you know, that I was a real mortician, and, and I didn't know that he was looking for a manager for The Undertaker. Yeah, and it look was, at that. It was just one of those had-to-be-there type of moments, you know. I, I couldn't explain how, what it was like when he realized that you're a real mortician, yes. <laughs> and I was, you know, and, and they told me that they were looking for a manager for The Undertaker, but... I, I had a history with The Undertaker before he became The Undertaker. Mm. Uh, he started out in, in Dallas, Texas at the Sportatorium with World Class Wrestling back in the days of the Von Erichs. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I had worked there for six years at the Sportatorium in Dallas. <coughs> so I, I, in fact, I managed The Undertaker in his first match, in, first professional match in the business. Uh, of course, he wasn't The Undertaker then. But uh, so we had history. Wow, and so that just with the, with the synchronicity worked out. You guys, you it you were exactly what they were looking for. It was just meant to be. Wow, and, and and the chemistry was just. And it was there. It worked. You guys worked well it together. It was just there. We never behind the scenes and everything. Had discussed anything, and it was just. And we're still real, real good, real good friends. You know, to this very day. No kidding. You still yeah. talk to him? Oh, absolutely. So did um, so did you guys work on giving the Undertaker that persona? I mean, he steal your gimmick, or did, did you? Uh, no. or was he always that? They were looking for that. No, they had they had their own idea for what they wanted from him, and uh, 
he done his thing and I done my thing and they fit perfectly together and we traveled the world. I, 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 we performed in all 50 states and 20 something countries, 28 countries I oh, think, the last time I counted. And uh, it's just been, a, just been a blessing. And, I, and I'm still, I'm still in a contract with uh, WWE. Oh, is that right? I, uh, I, I go to the WrestleManias every year, and uh, they have the fan access that they have right, right. prior mm -hmm. to WrestleMania, and, mm -hmm. and I work the fan access. They, they have something called the Undertaker's Graveyard <laughs> that, they, that, they, yeah. that they set up at the fan access. Uh -huh. In fact, they have all these the old props that they use not only with the Undertaker but with the other talents too. Uh, that they keep in storage, and they bring out once a year for WrestleMania. Uh, it's a little extra thing, you know, an extra ticket the fans buy, and they can oh. go spend the day looking at all these props and stuff. And they have part of the building curtained off and turn it into a, a virtual cemetery. Oh my God. They're bringing dirt in and. They have, head oh, they, they have a headstone for every uh, victim the Undertaker has had <laughs> through the years, and that's great. And I, when I first started out, I, I done kind of my like my own talk show called the Funeral Parlor. Mm -hmm. I know and well. I, they had the original set from my Funeral Parlor, and I mean, we're talking 1991. Yeah, they had the original set and everything, and uh, and they had they fixed it up and I sit up there and meet the fans and sign autographs, take pictures with them, and it's a lot of fun. It really is. And plus, I'm there uh, for the Hall of Fame and the WrestleMania, actual WrestleMania show, and we shall see what we shall see. And they still pay you, huh? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't do it for free. <laughs> so <laughs> Those days long gone. <laughs> it's 40 years out. Um, so, how did you, what's the success of juggling both careers? I mean, you've done both successfully. You've been able to fall back on one yeah. when one wasn't working. How did, what's the secret, man? What do you do? I've just been blessed by the good Lord to, to be proficient in both professions, and I can go back and forth. Wow. Uh, every once in a while, uh, you know, a buddy of mine in, in the funeral, in funeral business, uh, they get busy or something, need some help, or give me a holler, and, you know, I'll go down and help them out and uh, the same with the wrestling you know but I like I, I still like traveling around I don't do I don't near do any traveling like I used to do back in the day with the Undertaker not at all so there, there, were, there were years that we were on the road uh, 320 days a year I mean wow. we were going from home for a lot you know long missed a lot of birthdays and baseball games and but uh I'm far from. I don't. I don't do that no more. I can. I'm blessed. I can pretty much pick and choose, you know, what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And if it looks like it's going to be fun, I'll do it. Yeah. If it's not going to be fun, like count me out. <laughs> count you. I, I paid my dues. <laughs> I want to have some fun, and, and I do, and get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you still go home and you do the funeral business. You're still doing it. You're still active. Uh, part time. Yeah. Part time, not full time anymore. Like I, like I said earlier, yeah. after my wife passed passed away, uh, I kind of stepped back, Stick back from doing it full time because it is it, the funeral service is uh, you know is a very emotional business. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress all the time dealing with death and you know being around sad people all the time, which they should <laughs> right, be, right, yeah. which they should be sad. You know, yeah. I mean, my gosh, they, 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 they've lost a, a loved one, but you, and you, but you're the one directing the sadness. You know, yeah, and, uh, they can't all be Irish wakes, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 
I, I love both both industries. Uh, have a passion, great passion for both. But uh, if, if I had to pick one, you know, I, I prefer professional wrestling at this point mm -hmm. in, in my life. But uh, you know, the older I get, the more I'll, I'll be in the funeral business. Yeah. Because families, when they go to a funeral home to make to make funeral arrangements, yeah, they would much rather you know deal with an older man, yeah, an older, an older funeral director than they would a kid right out of school. Mm. So that's one business where, you know, age really don't matter much. If you're, if, if you're, if you're 70 years old, you know, th th they don't mind. Uh, on that note, so text or send tweets to uh, your, your service needs to... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm haven't gonna I haven't seen that, but I'm sure it probably goes on. Yeah, can I can I promote your website and uh, absolutely PercyPringle.com. Great, great pictures, great stories. I read the whole thing. Um, and Sometimes I stay quite busy and I don't have time to update it as much as I used to, but I try uh, to uh, keep it updated as much as, as much as my schedule will allow. I assume you don't take funeral requests over email. No, no, no. no funeral requests over email. No, nothing no, like that. A lot of wrestling questions. <laughs> that seems more the fitting. Wrestling fans have a way of uh, upsetting me these days. You know, some of the questions that they ask. <laughs> yeah. I just he looked at me when he said that, by the way. I just, I, I, just, that I, I just have to remember it's 2013, you know, and, and yeah. not 1980. Yeah, that's true. And, and we're cool. That's good. Um, well, PercyPringle.com, uh, ChampionshipWrestling.com. They got lots of videos up. Uh, you can hear them shooting now. Uh, good place to stop, Mr. Pringle. Thank you so much for oh, talking to me about the funeral my, business. It's been my pleasure, yep. and uh, we've been trying to set this up for a while because I, I I've come from Alabama out here once a month, and and getting your schedule and my schedule together. But we finally got to do it, and it's, it's, been, it's been my pleasure. Well, thank you, and hopefully we can sit again and talk about the wrestling business. Absolutely. And, all right, thank you, sir. My and, pleasure. And uh, you've been listening to Fascinating Nouns. Uh, good evening. <laughs>